This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Both hailing from parts unknown at a combined weight of 501 pounds. They are the Morning Rush Hour World Tag Team Champions. They have no fear, no back down, just a couple of gutsy guys. No one will take those MRH World Tag Titles from these men. It's Taz, it's the Moose, illustrious champions, right here every day on CBS Sports Radio. You know it's every day, Moose and Taz be giving away. Talking about every sport, you know that they never missing a play. From the NBA to the NFL, the college games. They always bring in the knowledge, nobody ever can try to go stop it. Only be talking the truth, only be talking the truth, hey. It is Taz and the Moose with you. One hour down, two to play with, coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studio. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. 855-212-4227. CBS Sports Radio's Toll Free Line brought to you by Geico. Great news. Quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com and in 15 minutes you can save 15% or more. On your car insurance. You've got Mike and Pete. Thank you across the way. Bogish with your updates coming up later on this hour, Taz. We're going to talk a little Ravens football coming your way. Final segment of this hour with Quadre Ismail, a 10-year NFL vet, NFL analyst. We'll talk a little Ravens football with him. Uh, looking forward to that conversation. Yes. yes. Uh, as we kick it off this yes. hour, let's yes. run around the NFL. Here yeah. we go. The campgrounds. Here we go, Time to go camping, boys and girls. Who better to go sit around the campfire and spitball some football, eat some pork beans, brisket, and throw back some cold ones than with Taz and the Moose? It's Taz and the Moose. Just talking away. Are we done with this? It's, it's all you ever heard talking smack since the day they was born. It's Taz and the Moose. Just talking away. Just talking away. It's all you ever heard talking smack since the day they was born. I'm in DC. I can't help it every single time. I let it go. You're right. You gotta let it go. You're right. We don't have much time left with this. Try and embrace it a little bit more. All right. Next question. Sell it so the so the audience can understand. Thank you. It just bothers me so much. I understand. But I'll stop. You're right. Um, or we could just turn it off in your headset when it's playing. I can just throw my headset on the ground while it's playing. Correct. That's a good point. You're right. Here is Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers talking about the difference between practice, practice, practice. and games. Pre-season. Practices are so much more important than uh, than the preseason. The looks that we see, like on a day like today, are invaluable reps. Uh, it's you know an attacking defense. It's different fronts. It's different pressures. I said the same thing in the first segment. Well, but the, I mean, this is the Packers quarterback talking about the very fact. That, and listen, I I don't know. Uh, you take it. Uh, it's something we discussed earlier on. 
it's kind of downplaying preseason football even more. I mean, true. the NFL That's owners true. are then, you know, they raise an eyebrow and they hear, well, Aaron Rodgers is basically saying preseason football is meaningless, that practice is more important, and you learn more about your team during the course of the practice than anything else, Taz, is, you know, they're charging, you know, they're charging, you know, uh, you know NFL fans an arm <laughs> and a leg to go see these preseason games. If you're a season ticket holder, you got to buy two preseason games. Yeah. And you're not buying them at, at $15 a game, Taz. Right, right. Uh, you're, paying a, you're paying a hefty amount of money right. to go watch what is, in essence, you know, bad football. Um, and that's what that's what it is. And, and Rodgers is kind of hammering home that point saying, well, you know, yeah, preseason football is what it is, but, you know, practice is more important. Yeah, I was watching. Uh, I'm trying to remember the game on the weekend. I, it may have been the Buccaneers and the Dolphins. I watched a little bit of that. God bless you. I know. But <laughs> I wanted to see Rosen, but anyway, the thing was Josh Rosen. But the thing was, it was packed. It was packed. And then another game. I can't recall which game was. These stadiums are packed because last fan- night's wasn't. No, well, it wasn't. I didn't even pay no, attention. I was just watching the balls game. drop no. by Garoppolo. No, and I watched had, raw like, bow and arrow practice. Yeah, really. Bow and arrow practice. Yeah, but most towns, I should say, in cities. It was 95 cities. degrees in Denver last night at kickoff. I mean, that's a hot night. In the mountains. Yeah, that's that's a hot night. There's no humidity in the mountains, though, right? I've no idea. Never been to Denver. I've been to Denver, just not in the mountains. I've been to Denver. Can't breathe in the ring, bro. Can't I, breathe. Yeah, I know. Well, they're mile high. You right? just can't breathe. Well, I, I was almost levels. threw up in the ring. I couldn't even breathe. It was okay. unbelievable. Well, I had a seven-minute match. I couldn't breathe. I was in great shape. And almost had abs. Nice. That's how good a shape I was in. There you go. Right? I never had them. Peak just, physical condition. Yeah, almost had abs. Almost. Or a singlet. How's the abs? No, no, but the thing is you can't breathe over there. I, so it's 90-something degrees. How was the humidity? What was it, the I, I don't temperature? Know. I, you don't know? I just, no, I just said 95 All degrees. Right. 95 so I degrees. Sad. I get excited with the weather. So. I understand. I don't know what the humidity level is in the mountains. I'm not <laughs> sure what the humidity level was at kickoff last night. The wind chill? I was just pointing. I, there was no wind chill. <laughs> All right. Uh, but I was just pa- pointing out the fact that it was 95 degrees. All right. No problem. Now, you know, the stadium you know, was not jam-packed last night. Uh, but, I mean, it, it is what uh, listen, I, I'm not going. I, I get. Here's the one thing about preseason football that's good is that if you're not a season ticket holder, you can get tickets for cheap, and you can take the family. And you might not be able to afford to go to a regular season game. They charge you an arm and a leg, and then you have to. If you don't have a parking pass with some of these stadiums, you oh. have to park them, you know, three, four miles away. Hop yeah, on a bus to get there, then hop on a bus to go get back to your car. It's a pain in the rear end. Yeah. So preseason games, Taz, I'm sure you can park close to the stadium mm. and you get in it and you can, you know, you can find on the secondary market, even for, for the teams, you can probably buy tickets that are really cheap and afford to take the whole family. I get that for that experience, but overall quality of the game is not particularly good. Yeah. I don't know if I want to sit there and watch bad football in 90 degree heat. Yeah, no, no, in the mountains. No, I don't know. I or don't anywhere. I yeah, anywhere. I, no, I'm with you on that. I, I wouldn't want to either. Not not for a game that don't matter. I mean, I'm not. You know, right Sit now in Denver, right, right now in Denver, it's 64 degrees. Thank just so you. you know, and humidity is 43%, but I digress. I'm just giving you some facts. You're the Al Roker <laughs> of the Taz and the Moose show. Thank you. I just, man, the temperature dropped, but you're right. Yesterday was a high pressure system. It was 91 degrees, dude, last night. You're right. It was hot. It was hot, man. Holy God. Yeah. It was very, very warm. Here is Philip Dorsett talking about the. the uh, what Josh Gordon can provide the Patriots off. Oh, going up to New England. He's good. I mean, he looks good. I mean, it was always, it's definitely, it was, like I said before, it was refreshing to see him. I mean, when you, when you don't see somebody, one of your brothers in a long time, and you see him, it's definitely refreshing. He's a physical, he's a physical specimen. Uh, we all know that. 
And uh, I mean, even for what he did last year, I mean, um, he, he helped his team out a lot. Um, and we were definitely hoping that he could come back and do the same. Well, that's what they're hoping for. And, you know, and, and I think he could probably provide that. When Josh Gordon has uh, his act in order, and I understand, listen, he's a... Uh, He's an addict. I get it. Uh, he smoked a lot of marijuana. It was a red flag when he was coming out of college. People didn't think that he'd be able to get his his life in order. And it's been a he's missed a lot of football. He's still very very young. He's still 28 years old. Yeah. Um, and he is a he is a physical freak and a physical marvel that uh, can make up for the ills and the loss of Rob Gronkowski for that offense, providing a deep threat here for Tom Brady. Um, and a big deep threat target, not a small guy, a big guy that can go up and get the football as well. Yeah, I hope Taz. I hope there's no more failed drug tests. I hope Josh Gordon is able to stay on the football field uh, because I like watching him play football. Me too. And you know, he he is a. Uh, we heard Dosette right there, Philip Dosette. He he is a physical phenom. He's a beast. I mean, no doubt. It's just it's his muscularity, his physicality, he really is. And if he can keep his head screwed on straight, I mean, this guy played, what, like 12, 13 games, whatever, 12 games last year between the uh, Browns and the uh, and the Pats. And he is just, uh, you know, he knows the offense. He knows what he's doing. See, Like I said yesterday, I feel like him and Brady click a little bit. And if they really click, click, and he's locked in, uh, meaning Gordon, I mean, with Tom Brady, whew, good luck. I mean, uh, they could just, uh, like always, we see the uh, the Patriots own the AFC East. It's probably going to happen again, especially if Gordon's healthy and he moves his way up that depth chart, which he will. Um, he just got there, and he's you know he's so, so he will. He's just he's a pro's pro. He knows what he's doing, and you're right, he is young. Twenty years old, he's still young. He's still got a lot a lot of time. Yeah, he so, does, you know. and and hopefully he's able to keep himself clean. You mentioned the fact that you know, remember it back when it was it June or July? Tom Brady was throwing footballs on a practice field, and who was catching those footballs? It was Josh Gordon. Yeah, and yeah. Gordon, it, the Patriots put him behind around all veterans in that vet, in that Patriot locker room. Uh, I think he's he's got the locker right next to Ben Watson. Yeah, the tight end. Two lockers yeah. away is Tom Brady. Yeah. So they're trying to put him around guys that are good influences. Uh, that can help him out as well. Uh, they're trying to help him out now. Selfishly, listen. This is not, you know, this is not, uh, you know, the. Uh, they're not doing this just for their own good. They're right. trying to do this because they know that Josh Gordon can help them win games. Yeah, absolutely, and and, and they're doing the right thing, and that's what you, they, that's are. What they should do. They're helping out somebody you know? that can help them. Sure, sure. I mean, and he's on the team, so they yep. want they want the best for him, and and for which if you give him the best, and he could, you know. Do the right thing and do well. It's going to help the team at the end of the day. So it works hand in hand, right? So, look, he's you know everybody knows when Josh Gordon's on, he's on. Like he's he's it's tough to stop him. He does things and he's a physical marvel, like I said earlier. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, how he evolves. Hey, I'm not a Patriots fan. I'm 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 down on the Pats a lot. I'll tell you that. But the thing is, I uh, I'd like to see things work out well for Josh Gordon because you know he's he's. Been through a lot, and addiction's a tough deal there, and, and it's rough, and a lot of people deal with it. And hopefully he can battle through this and things work out. All right, let's head out to Arizona next, shall we? Here's Christian Kirk, the wide receiver, talking about uh, the offense being, quote-unquote, called a pretty boy offense. Take a listen. I mean, it is what it is. Just because we don't line up with two tight ends and run the ball, I mean, I guess we're pretty boys now. But, uh, you know, I guess we'll, we'll have to show how pretty we are this season. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> 
Yeah, there oh. should be some T-shirts that are put together in Arizona. How about Cliff T-shirts Kingsbury here? Talk about the difference yeah. between a college and NFL head coach. Take a listen. It's just all football. Yeah, it's all football all day. There's no class requirements. There's no um, worrying about anything. Four-hour rule. It's just you got them all day, and you're just all trying to get better at football the entire day. Yeah, that's that's it uh, when you look at it. So for Arizona, they're going to have to deal with this a little bit, right, when they get called out on the carpet. Now they haven't looked great in the preseason, Taz. We'll see how they look in the dress rehearsal week three of the NFL preseason. Uh, but they're also not going to show, as you pointed out earlier on, and as all NFL teams, there's going to be a lot of vanilla offenses, a lot of vanilla defenses. You're not going to show your hand in the preseason. Correct, you're not, and most NFL teams do do that. But these, these guys here, especially because they're both new to the game, to the NFL game, Kingsbury and his quarterback, Murray, they're both publicly saying, especially especially Kyler Murray, saying, look, we're not revealing nothing yet. Yeah, I'm paraphrasing. You know, when you see what we're going to do, it's going to be unbelievable. They're literally acting like they're reinventing the wheel known as an NFL offense. You know, I, I mean, I, I, I'm actually very excited to see, or intrigued, not excited, intrigued to see week one, what exactly such amazing offense that's so innovative that that, that this this genius all of a sudden that 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 Kingsbury is who was a, a college coach that wasn't exactly Nick Saban right or wrong I mean like I'm just saying like what what is it that you're gonna give offensively that is like so amazing you're running an offense that Kyler Murray ran when he was in eighth grade the offense is built around a rookie who's five ten. Okay, no, he ran I, in eighth grade. What, what's going to be so special about this? Yeah, I think the pace of the tempo, the way. Now, a lot of the stuff that Kingsbury had installed at, at Texas Tech was already brought over to the National Football League. A lot of the rub routes and the misdirection, and 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 everything and the like, and the open air raid type of offense. Now, teams weren't doing it; they were only doing it kind of special occasions, maybe up tempo, going two minute. You're going to see a lot more of that here on a regular basis oh. out in Arizona. Is it going to be that significantly different? No. I mean, it's not like there's going to be a, a Martian ship that drops oh, down right, in Arizona exactly. and all of a sudden you're <laughs> yeah. going to revolutionize. No, but like that's what they're acting like. But you know, I mean, like, they're, they're acting. But here's the they're going to pass to run instead of running to pass. Right. Well, and they got a good running back there. They you know, do. And, and Who's David a great Johnson. receiver coming out yeah, of the backfield as well. But usually teams, but Taz, usually teams. Run the football right to soften up a defense yeah. to make it easier to throw the football. Of course, you want to get think, third, third and six. Right, is a good spot four, you want to be in third and four. Yeah. Chains and everything like you know all the all the football you know all the football axioms that we've heard over the course of the years. I think out in Arizona, what they're going to do is they're going to throw it in order to run it. Uh, I think yeah. I think it's going to be a case of where that's going to be the emphasis here is trying to throw themselves into running situations to. Get the defense expecting them to throw it, and then they're going to be able to run it a little bit easier out of that spread offense. And I don't think it's going to be anything revolutionary. No, I think I don't, I, I'm actually, honestly, Taz, there's been so much pushback on Kingsbury. I'm actually rooting for him to be successful. Uh, yeah, you know what? There I'm, seems I, to be. I, I, I'm indifferent on him, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, I remember when he played football, when he played quarterback, I should say. And I actually, actually, you talk about how some of his stuff implemented to the NFL, you know, recently. I mean, Kingsbury, but Mike well, Leach, remember offense, Mike right? Leach, when yeah. he was at Texas Tech as the yeah. head coach, you know, he, I really feel like he was a guy who was very innovative as far as. That's true, too. You know right. what I mean? Mike Leach really did a lot of that stuff there. If you remember years back when Leach was the head coach there, man, he, he, some of the stuff that they did offensively, they were like, they were really, really entertaining to watch. He, he recruited the right athletes. Now, I'm just saying, look, 
you know, the, okay, the option play. We've, you know, the option play has been so successful, as you know, in college football for years. It's still successful. Okay, Nebraska did a great job running. I mean, you can go on and on with the great schools that ran the option. And I remember when I was young, I would say, man, why don't NFL teams run the option? And then when I got a little more savvy, I realized, well, these defenses are just, they're grown-ass men. They're just too fast. And they're going to blow up the quarterback. And they're, they're not going to wait to see who he's going to pitch the ball to. He's not, you know, he's, he's, yep. the quarterback's option is going to end rapid, though as opposed to college defensive players. Right. So my thing is saying that in long form, I, I whatever you know they're trying to implement, that, again, Kyler Murray ran in eighth grade. So they're, they're making this, they're putting this kid in the, he knows the playbook better than Larry Fitzgerald. Now, some would say, okay, Taz, that's a good thing. If I'm a Calder fan, I'm happy. Yeah, I know, I get that. But, like, now you're expecting the other ten guys to learn this offense where one guy has, knows it, mastered it. So whatever this thing is that they're going to do, because they are acting like it's going to be something so special. And I, I'm with you, Moose. I don't think it's going to be something so special. I'm sick of hearing about it. Well, you know, but it is, I think, for I'll the NFL. I think for the NFL, Jeez. it's a good thing, though. No? You want to have? You don't want everyone to be the same, so it's going to be a little different in Arizona. Why well, do you think? You no, know, I don't want everyone to be I the get, same. I agree with you on and that. I get, listen, I, I know Kyler Murray with his attitude not exactly the easiest guy to root for. The way that he's come across. Well, I told you that dude on his pro day. I saw the attitude. Why on do you think people hate on Kingsbury so much? The the good looks, definitely good. The looks. The fact that he failed up, that too. That, um, he, that he wasn't, you know, Carroll at least went to USC. We know that a lot of that stuff has now been, you know, flushed down the toilet, Taz, because of, you know, the, the cheating scandal at USC. But, I mean, you know, at least Carroll went to USC and was right. uber successful Big before time. he went back to Seattle. Everyone said, well, he's a college coach, he'll never succeed. And he's been great in the NFL. He's the oldest, even though he doesn't act or look like it, he's the oldest coach in the National Football League. Now, for, for Cliff Kingsbury... I I don't even find outside of the Arizona area. I find nobody rooting for Kingsbury to be su- successful. I think I, more often than not, either there's the indifference, like you right. mentioned, that you have, or that people are saying, "I I, I hope he fails. I hope it's a, an epic failure." And you know what? I hope it's not. I hope he's successful. Not because I'm a huge Cliff Kingsbury fan, but I like guys that try and do some things different. I don't think that's necessarily a well, yeah, bad thing. I, look, I'm not hating on him for anything. Uh, look, uh, look, he's a good-looking guy. Okay, that's not so. That's that. That's not. Is that so wrong? I mean, he's. he's, he's, he's that's okay. I mean, he's he's a good-looking guy. I he get is, it. He's yeah. a good-looking guy. He's handsome, Jones. I'm sure got he's it. a good-looking guy. He's a good-looking guy. He's a good-looking so guy. So he's a good-looking guy. So the thing <laughs> is, okay, I'm not going to hate him for that, you know. But I mean, that's definitely some people could because they're envious of his looks. Uh, but the thing is, like, I, I'm not I'm not rooting against him. I'm really not. But the thing is, when his quarterback, who's a kid, who hasn't earned nothing in the league, I mean, I, I respect him. Murray's Kyle bothered Mur- you. Yeah, Murray bothers me a lot. I respect that Murray, in between the lines at camp, doesn't act like a rookie. He gotcha. shouldn't. When you're on the field, you got to act like a pro. And he does that. But with the media, he was acting like an entitled, snot-nosed kid in his pro day. I mean, it jumped out to me, yeah. and Kingsbury enables that. That's my problem with, with this whole Arizona Cardinal-S show, in my opinion. No, I get so, it. And it's like, so uh, Kingsbury is not reinventing any offensive wheel here. Like I said, he played at Texas Tech, Texas Tech. And I believe Mike Leach was his coach. He was. And, and Leach was the guy doing all this crazy offensive stuff. He was. Okay, so Kingsbury was probably inspired by Mike Leach.
I don't, I don't dis- I, I, I totally agree. I think he was. Now, you could also take that offense and improve it, too. True. You don't necessarily have to just take that offense as a carbon copy. But, yes, I'm sure he was inspired by what Mike Leach did at Texas Tech. All right, Taz, let's head out to Los uh, Angeles. Final stop, and that is the, the Chargers, oh. as they received bad news yesterday. And that is a talented player, Derwin James, who was a stud at Florida State yep. uh, and a great player last year for the Los Angeles Chargers. Unfortunate situation for him. He had surgery and a screw in his foot uh, dating back to his days at Florida State. That screw bent uh, this past week. Mm. So he's going to have to have foot surgery today, and he's out for the next three to four months. Jeez, man, that is just That tough is a goals. terrible blow. Yeah, that is a really bad blow. And that's just, I mean, especially with a foot, and you had a screw in there already, and now the thing ba- I never heard that happen. I, I've never I. heard of that before. I'm trying to remember. I've, I think I've heard it somewhere where they've had a screw in their wrist. Um, and it bent? And it, it, or, or something happened where, no, no, what it was was an infection. Oh. They had an infection. Oof. Then the infection, they had to go in and remove the screws to clear up the infection oh, wow. and redo it. I heard that a couple years ago. I never heard about a screw bending. No, I never heard that either. I mean, yeah, he's going to be out. That's that's a big loss for for the, for the Los Angeles Chargers for sure. That's a big problem. Um, hopefully, hopefully he can bounce back. I mean, and, and a foot. I mean, a foot deal is like something that you got to be lost for the year. He definitely could be. Yeah, especially with all those months that they he's say he's going to be. Out. He's tremendous. Wow, man, that sucks for them. Yeah, that's a bad hit. A bad hit if you're a Charger fan waking up here on this Tuesday morning as you listen to that. So there you have it as we would go camping. We hit the campground oh, on yeah. this Tuesday morning. Coming up later on this hour, we're going to talk a little Raven football. Quadri Ismail is going to join us. It's Taz and the Moose on this Tuesday morning, CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. Baseball legend Frank Thomas. You're listening to Taz Moose on the CBS Sports Radio. All right. Ah, yes. Thank you, Frank. Appreciate it. Yeah. Tuesday to one and all. 855-212-4227 is your number to ah. call. And did you see who's the top of the AP poll? Uh, of course. The Clemson Tigers. Yeah. For the first time. I mean, that is something that if I'm Nick Saban, mm. that, that is blown up and probably in each <laughs> and every one of my players' lockers. Uh, before uh, you know, before they get into uh, getting to work today down at Alabama, is it not? Yeah, man, no doubt about it. Saban, you know, he knows how to motivate those young men, and he will use this big time for motivation. Uh, where our former guest of us, Dabo Sweeney, our boy, you know, head coach of the Clemson Tigers, number one at the AP poll, uh, the AP. The thing is, man, he always he did that. Where it was like, it's always about Alabama. So, you know, he made his team, he made his team, his kids feel like you guys are on a chase. Now, everybody's chasing you. So now Dabo's got to kind of, you know, flip the script on his uh, his communication with his team to keep those kids motivated. Right. And uh, but and it's a great accomplishment. And for for Clemson um, yes. and for, for Dabo Sweeney. And it's remarkable, Taz, because what do you think? What do you think is harder? Uh, continuing brilliance or building something from the ground up. Oh, now, Clemson a wasn't a bad question. program. That's a tough question. Like, you always ask me the tough questions like that. That's no, a tough no, one. No, but is it, you know, do you have, now, Saban, you know, rebuilt Alabama. 
right? When sure. Saban stepped in there, they were, I mean, they were Alabama and Alabama right, name, right, right, but right. they were not Alabama. No, they, they were not what they are now. Like when Bear and, Bryant was there. And all correct, that. Right, right, right. And Clemson was a good team. You know, Clemson was kind of a team sure. that was always, you know, sure. top 25, yep, top yep. 15. They were always on the periphery. They'd always lose those tough games, tough place to play. But they weren't this national power and national championship contender that they are right now. So, you know, do you, you know, is it is it more difficult to step in to say what, you know, USC when Carroll left? I know he left in kind of a little bit of a mess, but still, mm-hmm. I mean, they he had rebuilt it. Uh, continuing that brilliance or, you know, doing what, you know, Saban and doing what really Dabo Sweeney has done at Clemson. Because I think Sweeney's a little bit even more difficult than what Saban did at Alabama because Alabama was still that name. Clemson right. was Always. not that right. name. No, you're right. It's a great point, Moose. And to answer your question, I do feel it's much tougher to build from the ground up because it takes years. It's all about recruiting and multiple years of the proper recruiting classes and we're seeing programs, like you mentioned, Nick Saban in Alabama, how they fell from grace for quite some time after uh, the great Bear Bryant, and and it took so long, and then eventually you know, Saban was able to do that. Look at Notre Dame. All success, and Notre Dame sits, I think, ninth on the, AP, on the poll right now, on the AP poll, top 25. Notre Dame, I mean, they were good last year, but they're not, remember so many years, like yeah. when Lou Holtz was there and stuff, like they were like top, top, top football program it's taken years to get that thing back, and they, they, they're it getting has. closer. But it's, I'm just saying, so I do think it's tougher to, to rebuild from the ground up. Right, but you're right about Notre Dame. They've gotten it closer, Taz, but when you've seen them go up against big schools, they can't do it. they're not close. They can't do it. That's they're not point. close to Clemson. That's a good point. No, they right. got, they got right. undressed by Alabama in the national championship. They game. sure did. They um, sure did. So there is, you know, there is a, a clear, uh, you know. I'm just saying, like, I, it's I like they, they were a program that for so many decades was, you know, was a household name. Notre Dame. True, you're you're right, and and under Lou Holtz, I mean, when I was growing up, I Man, mean, you was... know, when I when I was first becoming a college football fan, I mean, they were kind of the staple. You they heard were. about Lou Holtz and you know Tony Rice at quarterback yep. and Rocket Ismail and wasn't and, Bettis? He played on the Holtz. Yeah, Jerome Bettis. Yeah. yeah, Jerome Bettis had that great Sugar Bowl game right. against Florida. Against Florida, That's right? right. Yes, and sir. Where number six, uh, you know, yes, ran. Sir. I think he ran for over two hundred yards in that game. If Pro- memory serves, probably ran right. over many players too. Yes, another former like a, guest of Taz and the Moose in yes. the studio. By Jerome the way. Bettis was yeah. another. Uh, so do, you yeah. know, it was, and then he used that to launch into a, what was a great NFL career. I will say this though: um, the one thing you have to have though to build it is you have to have patience as a program too. That's the thing; it's hard. It takes and time. It's hard. To have it's patience. recruiting. It's recruiting. It's classes. recruiting, and you have to be able to cycle through some of those Correct. recruiting classes in order to get your players to play your system. But Taz, in today's day and age, as you know, everyone wants it it's right be now. now. They want it right now. now. They want now it you right step now. in, you got to start winning right now. You step in, you got to start winning right now. You got to, you know, Chip Kelly at UCLA. You know, we've got to be Oregon year one. It's not going to happen. You're not going to be well, Oregon year one. It's funny you mentioned Chip Kelly because Oregon. You know, I feel Chip Kelly put them on the map. You know, for, for a lot of years, yeah. you know, now they're sitting at eleventh right now in the AP poll. Listen, and he's been long gone from there, you know, and he failed with the Eagles, Philadelphia. Now he's with UCLA, doing a decent job and all this jazz. But the thing is, like, he's another guy who built that program. He did build that, you program. know, he really did. And, and besides the fact with Nike uh, helping with all those crazy, awesome uniforms awesome and, that, and and the, the facilities helps with the recruiting too. Right, and they were they were a good program. Well, who was the head coach? Bilotti? Uh No, Pete Bilotti, Yes, no, no, Pete Like uh, who's the head coach of <laughs> Hello, Oregon Pete. when Harrington? No, was it's there? it's uh, it uh, wasn't Bilotti. No, my, not Mike Bilotti. It was uh, not Bilotti. It was uh, a name like that. Uh, oh, man. You know who I'm talking about. 
Well, you, yeah, I do know you. So you asked AB, and he sat and, there like a deer well, in the headlights. Yeah, you looked at me I don't know why you didn't ask me, but that's well, all right. Is it? It's not Mike Bellotti? Nope. I thought it was Mike Bellotti. Yeah, it's Mike Bellotti. Right. Thank you. I said no, it's you. just a Pete. I, you said Pete Bellotti. It is Mike Bellotti. Thank you. All I right. thought I was, I was like, wait a second. I was like, no, it's not. I'm like, uh, what? And I jumped all over it. I don't just find out. <laughs> Like a Rottweiler on red meat. <laughs> or a Rottweiler. You know what I mean. I know what you I mean. I said Rottweiler. I understand. Thank you. Relax, we over. I know I got a roll. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, what? What did you say? Know, Hold you All right. Speaking of phones, I'm like, typing it up right, right now. Exactly. Right. <laughs> delete, 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 delete. <laughs> mark, mark, uh, mark. Thank you. Thank you, Right. Exactly. You are a mark. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, uh, Andrew, good uh, morning. Oh, hey, guys. Hello. Good morning. Why does everybody... Uh-oh, here we go. It's been going on here for two years. Whenever someone is stumped with some kind of a sports question of a coach or a player... It yeah. hasn't happened for two years. I know where you're going. And, you think? The, I, I haven't built it up enough? The, 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 Dude, why, why is this guy here, you know, uh, you know, A.B., Andrew, why, why are you... Supposedly, like this sports encyclopedia. I look at Moose of more, much more encyclopedia than you. No, I, Moose, I wasn't, you should never lean on him. For I wasn't leaning. No, no. But one thing I've learned is you're not exactly great with names. Well, yeah, I've been hitting the head a lot. Yeah. I know. So yeah. in 1998, you were in, some sh- world champion. I was winning right. champions. Who was the was Oregon a... coach? 1972. Well, that Earl <laughs> Hershey. <laughs> yeah. Go. <laughs> and I, I can't. Uh, I have no idea. Uh, Unless you're asking for alternate blimp names, <laughs> yeah, right. exactly. you're not our guy for something like that. <laughs> but no, right. but like Dillinger. Yeah. Or Dillinger, whatever. I mean, but I will have some Derigible. history on Derigible. I will Thank give you. you names of some players back in the day and coaches that you'll be like, wow. Bobby no. Blue Blue. Oh, no. I'm not... <laughs> <laughs> no, really, I'll catch you. I mean, really, you wouldn't be surprised. I, I, I'm not. Uh, I'm not okay, here, look. No computer. No, look. Who? I, I'll ask just a rhetorical, just, just for, for fun. Yeah. Just for fun games. Right? Just for fun. University of Pittsburgh, the Panthers, back in the day. Who was the great offensive? This is for Andrew. The great offensive tackle who played for them. The great offensive tackle. I'll give you his number. Number Go. 79. Oh, number 79. I don't know still. Not he Dan Marino. The, he played for the Atlanta Falcons. I'm giving you more hints. Just spitballing, Mr. Encyclopedia. Did they play Pitt? I, <laughs> no. I didn't ask for this title. Bill Frelick. That's the guy you're looking for. Frelick. Frelick. Thank you. That's the name. Matt Ryan. Pete the body. Uh, we will knuckle up <laughs> during the break. <laughs> so, you know. Bill Frolic. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I'm just, I'm just giving ben, you names. Actually. I can just throw names out. Some of that stuff I retain. But if you ask me the Oregon head coach from 1972 to 1976, I might not nail that, Moose. No, I might not. No, I got you. But why do, why do we as a society here on this show lean on Andrew Bogus? I'm what? not leaning on Andrew Bogus. I, oh. was I was kind of looking. Everyone was in the room. It was kind of open he, microphone. I threw it out to everybody. He's was, a, yeah. uh, the name was correct that I said, and you were like, no. <laughs> and since you declared no, I looked over to my left, and I was like, it wasn't it Mike Bellotti and Bogus is like looking at me Did like, I say no? Did I? I think yes. I yeah. Yes, you right I away. Quick Jump. dismissal. I said, Mike Bellotti goes, it's not Peter Bellotti. <laughs> I go, no. Well, I, the, the name just makes the same last name to me in my whacked out brain is funny. 
You know what I mean? No, so, I, I I understand that, but you jumped down my throat saying I no, I and then I apologize. I doubted myself, that, yeah. and then you were like, "Why do people not go to me?" <laughs> Say that. I said, "Why when, does everybody why do, go to Andrew?" No, you're no, you're like, like he's a genius on sports. No one said that. No. Wow. Jeez. Not even me. All right, you, you, Moose. You know he's a turncoat, two faced guy. Andrew, you know That's how he is. So well, Andrew plays year. the Andrew plays the room. <laughs> yeah, he so plays the room. He works the room. He does work the room. Every room nope. he's in, he plays the, the modern day Rodney this. Dangerfield. Oh, this. This. Oh, look, they're talking about me. <laughs> no respect. No respect. This is my room. This is my room. Have I left this room recently? I have not. Yeah. Oh, dude, please. Stop. I have not. All right. Just stop. Just do the update. Right? Go ahead. I mean, bud. I've been trying for like 20 yes. minutes. Here's a report is sponsored by Geico. Right, Great news. There, thanks, Moose. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. The one for six for zero yards and one interception is the headline. But the most important part of last night in Denver, Jimmy Garoppolo unbothered by his knee. Honestly, really wasn't thinking about it out there, so I'm happy about that. Uh, yeah, but just in general, it, it didn't bother me too much. Last night was Jimmy G's preseason debut, his first game since tearing his ACL last September. It wasn't pretty, but it was progress. Niner Reserve scored the first 21 points of the second half last night to win 24-15. Broncos rookie QB Drew Locke 7-for-12 for 40 yards before leaving in the third with a jammed right thumb. X-rays were negative. Antonio Brown has reportedly filed a second grievance against the NFL over the helmet he wants to wear. This time, Brown apparently arguing he wasn't given significant time to find a suitable replacement. Brown was back with the Raiders for meetings yesterday. They practiced today. Baseball last night, the Twins took a 6-4 home loss from the White Sox. Their lead on the Idol Cleveland is down to two games atop the AL Central. The Cardinals blanked the Brewers 3-0. Dakota Hudson and two relievers, a one-hitter. St. Louis has sole possession of first in the Central this morning. And yesterday was the day to name your starting QB in college football. No surprise that either Oklahoma or Ohio State. Jalen Hurts gets the nod for the Sooners. Justin Fields for the Buckeyes. Guys? If you heard uh, tomorrow, the XFL is going to name their uh, logos and team names. Oh, it's exciting. What time? Twelve thirty p.m. I'm sorry, Andrew. Andrew, my bad. Andrew upcutted me. Yeah, but I brought the topic up. You should have brought it up. I'm excited. I can show you my screen where it was written, but I was told to be done. It came out of my voice. Took it out. Twelve thirty Eastern time. It came out of my voice. You had it typed. I had it. I I spitballed it to our audience. Yes, came out of your mouth. Yeah, or your voice. That's twelve thirty Eastern time. Yeah, I know what you mean. Good point. I got Every you. Every day, Jones. Yes. Came out of my voice. That's so weird. Quadri is miles. Going to join us. We're going to talk a little oh. football, a little Ravens football with him. Get his thoughts on Lamar Jackson. Taz here too. Uh, what does uh. he expect from the Ravens single caller? We'll do that next. It's Taz and Moose on a Tuesday morning, right here, CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. That's right. Here on this Tuesday morning, let's get into a little NFL little Ravens. Let's welcome board Quadri Ismail, a 10-year NFL vet, NFL analyst, uh, has joined us before. Good morning, Quadri. It's Taz and the Moose with you. Thanks for a couple minutes this morning. 
Taz, Moose, hook your boy up. Just drop the letter U in the name and just think of it as a C-O-D and it's Kadri. Kadri as well. That's it. Sorry about that, Kadri. Yes. The missile. Kadri, I should have bad job by me. That's it. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, hey, Kadri, it's great to see Syracuse back in the top 25, is it not? I tell you what, Dino has done an amazing job of just really revitalizing a program that some thought was just left for dead. I think – you know, with the way he's brought in, you know, just the talented uh, new recruits and his offense is a high-powered offense. I think it works for the ACC, and I'm excited for them. So, so let me ask you, if we segue uh, into NFL chatter, man, like preseason, Moose and I were talking earlier about it, you know, and, um, you know, the importance of it. You know, so you as a player, your, your experience, expertise, what was it like for you? How was preseason? Like, if you had to put it in a nutshell, what's your thoughts on it? So if I look at maybe my first two years, I thought it was critically important because, you know, there were things that I just didn't know as a, a player that helped me prepare myself for the regular season. Um, but when it came to, you know, my time in the league, it's like, all right, well, I really don't need the preseason to prepare <laughs> me. I, I kind of know what to expect. I understand the intensity that is about to come forth when it is the regular season and we're, you know, about to win games and things count for real. So, you know, I think ultimately, if it, if you're trying to develop guys, that's one thing. But if you're, you know, a veteran-leading team, you know, really preseason, yeah, you know, there's there's not really much you're going to get out of it. Um, do you think it's so? Then how do you judge performance here, Kadri? Um, you know, where you know we look at Garoppolo, he looked terrible last night. Daniel Jones for the Giants has looked good. <laughs> uh, you know, the the Cardinals' offense has not looked great. You know, NFL fans, as we all react or overreact to what we witness and see, you know, how should NFL fans react to what you see in preseason action? Yeah, I, I think um, the, the the elephant in the room is this. You're so used to high-quality play when it is the final roster. I mean, you know, you you got starters for a reason. These guys are, you know, top-level players, you know, across the board, whoever it might be. And And so that being said, you know, when you have preseason, you got to realize, you know, coaches aren't necessarily game planning per se to go up against a team. They're just trying to install, install, install. So, you know, an offensive uh, coach is going to just install some some plays, but then and it gets into the game itself. You're you're seeing a vanilla looking defense. You're not really seeing a a defense that is, you know, going to surprise the heck out of a, an offense with you know, some amazing, you know, defensive call or an offensive formation that because they're trying to keep everything close to the vest. Mm. Yet at the same time, they just want to see individual players and how they can react under pressure. Right, right. And yeah. I think it, it's frustrating <clears throat> for the fan base when they're, they, they want to, number one, see their star players, and then number two, they, they want to see some really good football, and you're, you're just not going to see that in preseason. Right, right, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, so Ravens, right, biggest storyline for you, for, for, in your opinion, about the Ravens outside of Lamar Jackson heading into this season, what, what would you say it would be? Yeah, I, I think how's the defense going to be? Mm-hmm. Um, last year it was the number one rated defense. A lot of you know big-time name stars are no longer on the team and Suggs, Weddle and company. Um, you know, you bring in an Earl Thomas and, you know, you got guys like Tony Jefferson making his, you know, second year debut. And you know, how's it going to be? How, how is this team looking? Um, you know, they, I think are fast. I think that they, you know, have the ability to, to still be one of the, the, the top rated defenses in the league. But, um, 
you know, again, until you actually lace it up, we can talk all day. It looks good on paper, but what is it really going to be when it comes down to it? And I think that's something that is, uh, you know, as much as people want to look at Lamar, I think this team is, is predicated on its defensive play. It is. It, it certainly is. And now they lose some guys, uh, you know, in that linebacking core. And Mosley, who's now a Jet, and obviously, you know, the the future Hall of Famer in, in Terrell Suggs as well. With, with Lamar Jackson, as everyone focuses in on the most important position here, you know, how important is it for him to prove that he could be a consistent thrower of the football here at Quadri? I think it's highly important. I think it's, it's you know, priority number one. Um, we saw last year when they played against the Chargers in the playoffs that people are going to make adjustments. People are going to force you out of your comfort zone. And for him, they forced him out of his comfort zone. He wasn't able to run the ball. Um, you know, they, they looked, you know, just like a, a, a JV football team. But with that said, I think going into camp and how they look this year, um, Lamar has had a great camp. Um, you know, he has had more, way more ups than he has had downs. Uh, he's been decisive where he, where he wanted to go with the football. I think he's uh, shown a, a great deal of, of rhythm as far as his intermediate passing. Uh, he's made great decisions as far as his red zone uh, play. I know that um, they're going against the Eagles and joint practices again for the second time uh, today. Um, you know, uh, last week or two weeks ago, they went up against the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, and you know he he just looks like a different quarterback. I think he's a lot more comfortable, um, and so now it, let's see how it translates over into the regular season. And and you know, as you know from your expertise, I mean, and and it sounds like Lamar's confidence is great, which is awesome. But as you know, right, all these teams now, all these DCs, all these defense coordinators, they all have a, a good amount of footage on him tape on him so talk about that for a player like to make that adjustment does that come from the player within or is it more like his quarterback coach or the offensive coordinator like if you could bring it behind the scenes bring us behind the scenes like how do you think they're going to deal with the Ravens with Lamar make the you know make those adjustments because all these defenses now have a, a plethora of footage on them yeah so the, the one thing you know you do in the offseason you, you just pretty much self-scout and say all right here's what we did and here's what we didn't do and what we didn't do, teams are going to continue to go against us. How do we combat against that? And I think for Lamar, um, it was about getting guys around him that are playmakers. Um, and that's where, you know, you look at like a Mark Ingram who, wow. And he, I think he maybe touched the ball a handful of times um, against the pack. And you can see what makes him such a special back and, and the way he was able to just get through the, through the line. Justice Hill got a chance to get in. And, you know, the young rookie uh, running back, you, you could see him, you know, the light turning off of him as far as his speed is concerned. Um, you know, Gus Edwards is a, just a downhill monster. Why am I saying all the running backs? It's because if you have good, strong running backs, it really doesn't matter what Lamar does because now you've got to stop the running backs. But then you, you go ahead and you look at Marquise Brown, you look at, um, you know, some of the other guys as far as uh, Willie Sneed, uh, Chris Moore, you know, you look at the two tight ends and Hurst and Andrews, you know, if you surround Lamar with talent, I don't really believe a defensive coordinator is just going to focus on Lamar thinking that he's going to do it all. It's about him spreading the ball around to different guys. And that's what makes this defense, or I should say this offense, uh, so dangerous to an, uh, an opposing team's defense because it's no longer just about Lamar running the football. You've got so many other guys that you have to worry about. Kadri, final one for you. Um, when you look at this division, 
are, are you think this division is absolutely wide open between the Ravens, the Steelers, and the Browns? <laughs> I love the AFC North. I mean, every year, you know, we, we always talk about it, and it, it really does. It comes down to the Steelers and, and the Ravens. I think at the time, uh, you, you'll see the Bengals kind of, you know, uh, get in the mix and, and, and do some different things. I think uh, the, the Browns are the flavor of the month. They haven't really done anything, so I, I really don't want to, you know, just throw my hat in the ring and say, oh, wow, you know, just because of what they look like on paper, I, I get it that, you know, you got a, a very uh, super competitive uh, quarterback. I get it that you have a ton of talent, but, you know, organizationally, you know, you, you, you're, you're a losing franchise. And so I think that that says something. You're going to have to figure out when it's the fourth quarter how to pull off and win games, how to beat Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh, how to uh, handle the, the adversity when, you know, you're, you're not playing as well against, against Baltimore and Justin Tucker is lining up for a 50-yard field goal to win the game. You know, how are you going to handle that? Are you going to just say, you know, well, that's us, or are you going to try to rattle off a couple of wins in a row? Um, so it, it remains to be seen. I don't, I don't want to just anoint the Browns yet just because they look good on paper. Final one for you, Kadri. Who is faster at their peak, you or your brother? <laughs> if I could really, I would. Let me, let me, let me. It's you. We got see, ten seconds here. It was yeah, you, right, Kadri? And, and I'm gonna tell you, you're, you're wasting the time of it all because <laughs> literally, from a zero to ten standpoint, my brother arguably could beat anyone you put him up against. And so you just, you know, there's speed, and there then there's go. this next level, Kadri. zero to ten. Thank you. CBS Sports. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.